Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House Yes, love it, love it. Well, hey, it is so good to be here with you guys today. If you are a new or first-time guest, listen, we all know what it's like to walk through the doors of the church for the first time, and so we welcome you. We're glad that you decided to join us today. Um, if we haven't had the pleasure of meeting, like Pastor Stephen said, my name is Stephen Hill. Um, I am married to the beautiful Lindsay Hill. Uh, we've been married for uh, about six years and two months. Yes, this is a picture of my family here and we got two littles we got Ari Val she's three going on 13 um and then we have Jace Oliver Hill and he was born around like two months ago and so that is my family that's my pride and joy there um I serve on staff here as the creative director I've been here since around 2020 um and I oversee AV and production uh social media and then also worship and so um if you look around and you love anything about those areas that's my team you should shout them out you should pat them on the back um because I love them they are hard workers um and listen yeah go ahead give them a hand go ahead give them a hand Now, I will say, if you go around and you see something about these areas that you don't love, this is your personal invite to join my team and help me to make it better. Come on, can I get a hand for that as well? Come on. All jokes aside, though, um, I do love to brag on my team. Like, everything that you see here, everything that is produced from weekend to week out, it doesn't just happen, right? You got people who show up here throughout the week. They're setting up computers. Uh, they're, they're arriving to practices. They're spending hours at home uh, preparing and practicing. They're making social media posts. There is a lot of energy and effort that goes on behind the scenes. And honestly, these guys, they are committed to serving this local body. They are committed to serving this community. Um, they love you guys, and they make sure that there is room for you guys to receive whatever the Lord has for you every time you walk through these doors. Um, Lastly, here before I jump into the word, I also want to um, honor just our pastors, Pastor Stephen and Katie. Um, Obviously, they are not here today, um, but as you can tell, like, even though they're not here, they're still grinding. They're still moving the kingdom forward. Uh, They are linking up with the church and celebrating 15 years of ministry. Um, And so I can tell you one thing, that they love you, they care about you, um, and they want to see God's purpose fulfilled in your life. And so can we honor them and give them a hand clap as well? Awesome. Well, I am excited to jump into the Word today. And so if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and pull those out. We are going to be starting in Matthew 4, verses 18 through 22 today. And it says, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he, he being Jesus, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Um, Immediately they dropped their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Let's pray real quick. God, I ask that as I step into the word, Father, today that you would speak through me, God, and that you would mold and shape the hearts of everyone in this room to receive anything and everything that you have for us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. 
Amen. So we are in this series, um, Invited, and if you missed the last two weeks, I highly encourage you to take a beat, take a moment, take a step, and, and go back and listen to them because I do believe that they will bless your life. Uh, two weeks ago, Devin, Pastor Devin talked about the power of the introduction, and then last week, Pastor Stephen talked about missed opportunities and how there are opportunities all around us to bring people in, to invite them in, and, and connect with them and bring them closer to God. Um, And so as we kind of jump into this message and as I kind of think about this, reading through this passage, I can't help but think that this was one of the smoothest invites that I have ever heard. This is Jesus talking to the disciples for the very first time here. And if you kind of read, uh, read backwards and kind of see what he was doing before this, Jesus had just heard about John the Baptist being arrested for preaching the gospel. And what is Jesus' very next move? He decides that, hey, I'm going to stop. I'm going to start my ministry, and I'm also going to preach the gospel. And so this is Jesus just now getting started. And I guess in his mind, he's like, I'm going to have a squad with me. I am going to have a team. And so this is Jesus walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And you got to just picture it. I feel like he's walking and he's, he's walking and he's like a scout at a football game or something. He's, he's scoping out, okay, who are going to be these first round draft picks that are going to be on my team? And he sees these fishermen and he's out there and he's saying, listen, I see what you're doing. I see that you're out there fishing. Listen, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, if I'm one of them, I have a couple questions. First of all, like, sir, who are you? Like, I I don't know who you are. This is my first time meeting you. What is a fisher of man? Um, What are these job requirements that it would take to be a fisher of man? And lastly, how much does this pay? Like, like I do this for a living. I got these boats. I got my dad. This is a family business. I don't know how, how are we going to be taken care of if, if I just leave and start following you. And so this is the scene. And so picture this. What, how would you feel? <laughs> you're at work. Somebody just pulls up and say, hey, stop what you're doing right now. Whatever you're doing, follow me, and I will make you fishers of, fishers of men or whatever you plug in your job situation, and that's what he's telling you to stop what you're doing and follow me. Like, that is, that is a crazy scene, but obviously he did something right because the word says immediately they drop their nets and they follow him. And he doesn't only do this once, he does this twice. I can tell you one thing, that Jesus was smooth and he walked with a lot of authority. Um, This made me think of when I was a teenager and I used to invite people over to my house, Uh, specifically one of my best friends, Gary Piggies. He's actually in the house today over here. There you go. (laughs) Um, Gary, uh, he he serves in Next Gen as one of the Next Gen leaders. And man, for for me and him, we we was in the same youth group with each other. And uh, we used to go over each other's house, hang out and just just have fun. Um, But we had asking our parents down to a science. because my mom, she didn't play that. She, she was not about that. And so I was like, here's the deal, Gary. If I go alone and I go ask my mom, she's going to tell me no real, real fast, real fast and in a hurry. But if we go together as a team, come on, we go as a strong front and you actually make the ask. Like we have a higher chance of making this thing happen. Can anyone relate in this house today? That's what I'm talking about. To be honest with you guys, I still use this tactic to this day, right? Instead of it being with my mom, that was with my wife. And so I'm like, okay, Gary, all right, Devin, you, you guys want to hang out? 
I got a lot of stuff to do at home. We got the chores. We got to put the kids down. I got a lot of stuff to catch up on. Maybe let's do this. Let's start a group chat. Let's, go, let's start a group chat, and one of y'all can pitch the idea, and then I'll back it 100%. How about that? Most of the times it works. That's, 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 how, that's how it goes. Um, but Jesus, come on, he was smooth. He didn't have to do the run around. He didn't have to beat around the bush. My man came in, and he, was, he spoke with authority, and he says, listen, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Somebody look at your neighbor and say smooth. Jesus was smooth. Today... My assignment is make the ask. One of the most impactful things you can ask someone is to take a step towards God. That's one of the most impactful things that you can ask them. Um, For believers, it can seem very small um, to come to church or join a life group or go through framework. Uh, But for people that are like returning to the faith are for people who are learning about Jesus for the first time, like that is, that's a huge thing to them, and it it actually may seem a little foreign. But we know that that's the true power behind an ask, that when we draw near to God, that he actually draws near to us. And so when we ask someone to take a step and they begin to do those things and they, they begin to, to come to church and they begin to join a life group or connect in the framework, that something is actually being activated within them and they are drawing closer to the Lord and the Lord is drawing closer to them. And that is the power that we know that we are inviting people to step to into a relationship and a journey with the Lord. Just think for a second, if you would, with me. Like, how would the life of the disciples look different if Jesus never made that ask? Like, life could have been great for them. They could have been still fishing, being successful, doing life as normal. But the potential that God God had on their life would have never even been reached if they wouldn't have, like, stepped into the ask that God had made for them. You think about your own life. Who is a person who's made a life-changing ask? And since that moment, like, how has that changed the trajectory of your life? Like, where I'm standing, like, me literally standing right here and talking to you guys today, I can literally trace that back to someone making an ass that was like, for me, they made the ass. I was like, man, this is something that I don't want to do, but it changed my life forever. It changed the way that I look at life. It changed my faith in God. It changed the way I was going to have a relationship with my, with my now wife. It changed how I'm going to raise my kids. Like that ass literally changed everything in my life. As a church, we have to lead the way in this area. It's not just reserved for the person that's super outgoing. It's not just reserved for the lead pastor. It's not just reserved for people that just like to have fun. Making the ass is something that we are all equipped to do. Um, Two weeks ago, Pastor Devin was talking about how the church should be the biggest inviters out there. And I believe that God has given us everything that we need to be confident, reassuring, and be able to step into making the ass. Today for you guys, I have three reminders before making the ask that we should always have in our mind and recall whenever we're, when we're stepping into the arena of making the ask. The first one is that making the ask is missional. So I was doing a little research because I'm like, okay, obviously making the ask can be a little difficult. 
to bring someone to church for the first time um, or to just come back to the church. And so, but I wanted to go a little more in depth and I wanted to like dive down a little bit on the science of like, what is it that makes it so difficult? And so um, I was doing a little research and we're going to put up here five different things. Now I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. Like it was, a when I, when I researched this, it was a ton of different things and ton of different reasons on why people don't invite others to church. But here are five here that I want to kind of discuss with you guys. The first one, mixing worlds can be awkward. All right, so you think about this, your church world, you got your work world, and if you're a student, you could, you could, you could jump that in there as well. But like, when I can remember being a teenager and being like, how, like, I can't even wrap my head around inviting someone to church and what it's going to look like for them, that, those different friend groups to actually mingle. Um, and honestly, it brought up some stuff into me that I was just like, okay, am I the same person when I'm at church and when I'm at work or when I'm at school? Will there be any differences that overlap there that people are like, bro, have you heard? Like, this dude is up in here on the front row praising God, but at work, he be cutting up. <laughs> Like, he gets mad, he, gets, he does this, he does that. And that brought something up in me. I'm like, okay, like, I need to make sure that I am the, like, I am live, leading by example, that I am the same whether I'm here, whether I'm at church, whether I'm at school. I want to be the person God has called me to be wherever I am. But that's something that we have to deal with. The second thing here is it could ruin my friendship or can it ruin a relationship. Um, you think about, like, when you ask someone at church, you never, you never know how that's going to go. You, don't, you never know how they're going to really take that. Some people may take it as a friendly invite, but some people might be like, what you trying to say? What you, I'm a bad person or something? What you trying to say? You trying to say, like, I don't got my stuff together? Like, like I'm, just, I'm just out here just doing whatever I want to do? Like, you never know how someone will respond to an ask and how you will have to, like, deal with that. And that's the reason why people don't ask others to church. The third thing here is that they're nervous about how things will go once they invite the person and they decide to come. You know, you could be going to church and everything has been going great. Every, the services have been going great. The anointing has been all over the place. Like you've been able to dive into what God is saying in the word. And the one Sunday that you decide to bring your friend, everything changes up. <laughs> right, we usually have a full band, but now we're just doing an acoustic set they don't know the words, and the screen start flickering, and he's like, man, like, it's, it's usually not like this. It's, we usually have a great time. The pastor gets up, and they, they are on one. They had two cups of coffee, and they are going in, speaking a message that is just like, has a person glued to their seat, like, man, this is intense. They're talking about the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, and this person has never even heard about Jesus before. And they're like, man, this is, this is awkward. So we, we all deal with this. We're like, man, please don't let this be the one Sunday. Please don't let this be the one Sunday that somebody cuts up. I kid you not. Um... Man, I even have a story where, like, I was, and this is, this is back in Louisiana, but I, I was visiting this church one time, and, um, man, they, they, they were just super hyped. They were just super hyped. People started running in circles around the sanctuary, and, and I, was just, I was like, man, what's, is this normal? He's like, no, bro, this is not normal. This is not normal. I promise if you come back next time, it won't be like this. But you just never know what's going to happen, right? And so people are nervous about that. Um, church may be foreign to them. Like, I grew up. Like, since I came out of the womb, my mom was taking me to church. And so it's just like, you get up, it was just a normal part of life. But I can remember having conversations with people 
who don't normally like, that's just not the way that they were raised. And, and that's totally fine. But I was like, you, you mean to tell me you get to sleep in on Sunday? You get to sleep in on Saturday and Sunday, two days back to back. You get to go to lunch before all the people get out of church and like takes up all the space in the restaurants. You get to rest. You get to watch a game. I was like, this is this is crazy. But people do that. People use the weekends to travel, to relax, to just have a good time. And so you inviting them could be foreign to them. They're like, man, why in the world would I get up on a Sunday morning when I could just like take it, take it easy. That's something that we have to deal with. And the last one here, um, which is I think is a huge one, is that we we don't want to face rejection. No one likes to hear the word no. And when you when you receive a no, it's just like, okay, what do you do after that? It's like, are we still friends? Like, like I know I asked you to church and you said no, but like we're still cool, right? You just like. Facing rejection and having to deal with that is something that no one ever wants to deal with. I'm not going to lie, like these things, these reasons here, they're pretty valid and they are really tough hurdles to overcome. Um, But what sticks out to me most is our desire to want to control what's happening, to control the outcome, and to also protect our insecurities. And this is just a reminder, again, like making the ask is missional. So what that means is it's not about us. The feelings that we have, the things that could happen, the things that the scenarios that we play in our head, like they may or may not happen, but the ask is not about us. It's us being missional. And so us being missional may mean at times that we have to sacrifice our convenience. We may have to sacrifice our comfort we we may have to sacrifice our desires and know that, yeah, something some things could change after we make this ask, but we don't want those things to stop us from making the ask because we know that the ask is missional and that God is doing something bigger than just our comfort or just our convenience. We need to make the ask. The second thing or the second reminder before you make an ask is that we need to see people through the filter of Christ. Um, in the kingdom, we often see a spiritual practice to balance a natural action. Um, one example I have is like the worship team. Didn't they do such a good job today? Can we give them a hand? So the worship team coming up here and playing music and leading us in worship, that is, it's a spiritual thing, but like the practice of it, the preparation for it, it's a very practical, like, practical thing um but the thing that we do is we never want to come out here and lead people out of our flesh we never want to lead people through our own understanding or just our own experience we want the holy spirit to go before us we want his anointing to be in this place on this stage we want people to have an experience with jesus and not an experience with us after they leave this place and so what we do is after rally we we go to the green room we turn on some worship music and we have a moment we say like god like if there's anything that's in me 
that would stop you from moving in this place. Like we want to surrender that. We want to repent from that. We want to pray for each other. And there are some natural things that we do, but we take a spiritual action before we take a natural one. And I would say that asking someone to church can be very relatable. We could just jump into it with our own understanding and our own ability, but wouldn't it be so much better if we, if we have the Lord with us, helping us and guiding us and helping us see how to connect with people as we are making the ask. Um, I would say that first and foremost, we know that God loves every individual and desires a relationship with them. Um, This is regardless of their beliefs. This is regardless of their season or anything. They are a son and a daughter of the Lord. And so we see that, we have to know that, and we need to slow down enough to acknowledge that and communicate to them in that way, regardless of who they are. But we also know that God has a plan for their life. Um, one of our values here is one of our sorry one of our values here is that we want to fuel purpose. And so you walk through the doors of the foyer into the foyer, and you can see that literally plastered on the wall. And it's because we know that when people connect with purpose, um, that's when they begin to walk in the alignment of what God has to do for them. And so um, I was thinking about this when we were in the building process, and man. This place, it looks great now, but a year ago, or however long as it was now, maybe a year and a half ago, it did not look like this. It was, it was toe up from the flow up. <laughs> That's what this place was. And it was a lot of work to do. And um, I can remember just having conversations and us having meetings. It was like, yeah, we need to do these wire nights. We need to do these sound panel nights. We need to do these tech nights. And I'm like, That's cool. Who's going to lead those things? It was me. <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't know anything about none of this stuff, so how are we going to do this? Um, and so I can remember really building um, a lot of uh, time and relationship with Jesse Mizell. He He's actually on sound today. Why don't you guys give him a round of applause? Now, Jesse is a natural-born handyman. My, my guy can fix anything. I feel like he can build anything. Um, his brain is just wired to, to think that way. Me, not so much so. Um, and so as we were doing this stuff, I'm just like, I, I talked to Jesse a lot, and I had a billion of questions. I was like, Jesse! Like, I'll be on this side of the hall, and he'll be down here. I'm like, am I doing this right? He was like, well, did you try this or did you try that? No, I didn't try that. Well, make sure you don't do this. Or are you going to break it? I think I broke it, Jesse. I think I broke it. And we would just have moments and days where we were just like, like he was teaching me. I was figuring it out. I can remember doing these house lights and my hands had like blisters on them. It was worse than playing an acoustic guitar for the first time. I just was like, this is rough. Why would anyone do this for a living? Um, but he was there and my man, Jesse, he, he always came through and he always helped me. And I could easily see that that is something that God has graced him to do. Now, you flip it and you say, hey, Stephen, can you make me a worship set? And you make me give me a full team. What do we need? I could tell you a little bit about that. I could be like, all right, we need to make sure that all the keys are in relative. Like they, they can are in relation with each other so that when you go from transition to transition, it's not weird. I can tell you that the time signature is best that we have all the songs in the same time signature. It's best that we have the songs in the right key for the vocalists so that we can actually get there like I can start to tell you some things about that because that is what I am graced in and so 
even when I began to learn about other things, or even if Jesse was to start learning about worship, it's nothing like operating in the grace of something that God has you set up to do. And that's what walking in purpose looks like. And that is what God has for people as they walk through these doors. We want them to discover what their purpose is, for them to be able to begin to walk in that purpose, to fuel that, and see God set them up for exactly the place that he wants them to be. When Jesus approached the disciples, you can see the level of intention he made to connect with them by what he said. He said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And you can see the level of intention in that because I can guarantee if it was any other profession, if it was a a shepherd or a carpenter or a tax collector, he wouldn't be using that same analogy He saw that they were fishermen, and in that, you can see that he cared about what was going on. You see, in that one statement, Jesus communicated both care and vision. He saw them for where they are, but he realized where they could be. He said, there is more in you. You follow me, and you'll actually get there. I have a purpose, and I have a plan. He spoke with with vision, and he spoke with being, being full of courage, and he spoke with confidence. And that is the lens of Christ. The third reminder here is that God is the one who produces the results. Before we make the ask, we have to realize God is the one who produces the results. In 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 9, it says this. What, after all, is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been growing it. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. For us, that is good news. That is good news. Because um, when we make the ask, it's like, it's kind of the thought of like when you do something, you want to see something like, say, for example, if you're a basketball player, if you take a shot, you want to make the shot. (laughs) If you are a quarterback, if you throw the pass, you want to see the touchdown. And it's through your actions that you're seeing something actually um, be accomplished. But God is letting us know that right here, like, yes, you are the one that is making the ask. And there is some work to be done on your part to make that happen. But I am the one that is going to carry the results. This is, the, this is what I know, that we can't control the outcome to the ask that we make. Now, we can use wisdom in our approach. Um, we can use good timing. I think there is preparation just because we do something for God doesn't mean it could be sloppy. Um, I, think we have to be, I think we have to be strategic, but we have to know that like, God is the one who ultimately produces the results. I've learned this one thing that a no doesn't make us a failure and a yes doesn't make us a success. And that one thing, when I learned that, that it, it just took the pressure off. It took the pressure off to know like God is the one who carries, carries the results. If I get a yes, that's great. If I get a no, that's okay as well. Like Jesus even received that. 
You think about the young rich ruler, you think about Nicodemus, like there are people that he made an ask to and like the response was a no, but that didn't stop Jesus from keep going, from, from keep asking. Um, a no doesn't make you a failure and a yes doesn't make you a success. The outcome and the result is not our responsibility, the ask is. Um, I was, this kind of makes me think about a story um, kind of when I was in college and I was working at a courthouse and basically while I was working there um, around that same season, I was really inspired to like share my testimony and, and get people saved. Um, I just, I was just kind of going through that season where I was just seeing a lot of that just in the ministry I was in. And so I was just like, man, that's, that's awesome. That's for me, someone who can do that in one sitting, walk up to a complete stranger, share their testimony, um, tell them about Jesus and get them saved like that. I'm like, bro, you have superpowers. Like that is intimidating to me to just be able to walk up and to do that. And so um, in my mind, I was like, all right, I am going to concoct a plan. I work here at the courthouse. There is a ton of traffic that goes in and out of the courthouse all the time. And so I'm just going to find someone. I'm just going to find someone. I'm going to corner them. I'm going to tell them about Jesus, and I'm going to get them saved. Like, that is, my, that is my plan, all right? So the day comes, and I'm sitting in my room. I kind of call it my office. It's not really my office. It was like the paper room. Um, but I'm in my office, and a guy walks in, and it's a gentleman who works for UPS, and he is making like a standard paper delivery. And um, he's kind of going through, and I'm like, this is my moment. This is my time. And so um, I, I start to have a conversation with the, with the guy. And, like, I start talking before I'm actually thinking. And so I take a second. I'm like, okay, I'm not even, I don't even have this planned out. I don't even know how this is going to roll. But I'm just going to jump into it. And so I'm like, hey, how's it going, man? He's like, I'm doing good. Just trying to get this paper delivery done. I'm like, okay, I got you, I got you. Well, um, I just got one, one question for you. Do you go to church anywhere? And he's like, no. I don't really do the church thing. I'm like, oh, great. This is awesome. Off to a great start. Um, I was like, have you heard about Jesus? And he's just like, I mean, yeah, I heard about Jesus, but yeah, that's, I heard about Jesus. I'm not really interested. I'm like, that's okay. That's, that's fine. Um, me, I'm still persistent. I'm still thinking this is going good. Obviously, this is training, it's training off pretty rough. Um, but I asked him, do we know about Jesus? And I was like, well, here's the deal. Um, we have all sinned. You are a sinner. I am a sinner. And um, Jesus was sent to the earth by God to die for our sins so that we can be saved. Would you like to be saved? <laughs> it, the progression of the conversation literally was that quick. It was that fast. Needless to say, the man was like looking at me and like he goes from making like his regular movements to like slowing down and like he just starts hurrying up and like stacking up the boxes. He's getting his dolly and he's like backing out. He's like, man, I'm good on that. I'm good. So needless to say, like that man did not get saved on my account <laughs> on that day. It was, it was rough. Um, and he leaves and I'm just like, bro, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? Why did you do that? And I learned something from that experience. It was, it was rough for him. It was rough for me. I'll be honest with you. I was also nervous. And so when I get nervous, I start sweating. All right. And it's, it's pretty ugly. It's pretty bad. But then I also noticed that like people notice that I'm sweating and it's just like, ah, it just gets really bad. And so that whole, that whole little 
the whole little deal there was just a hot mess. But the things that I learned from this is that I was in that moment, I was making the ask more about me than what God wanted to do in his life. I didn't know this gentleman. I didn't take the time to get to know him. I wasn't concerned about that. I was, I was more concerned about what I was actually trying to accomplish. And obviously that's, that's not the way that we do it. We slow down. We want to see them through the lens of Christ and we want to get to know them. The next thing I learned here is that like everyone is on a spiritual journey. And we never know what our ask is actually doing for someone. Like our ask may be watering a seed. It may be planting a seed. It may be giving nourishment to the seed. It may be sunlight. And so that's another reason why you never want to necessarily look at the, the outcome. Because yes, it may not work out the way that you want it to work out. But that doesn't mean that it's not working. Something is still going on whether it's planting the seed or whether you're the person that gets to see something actually happens from that ask. You see, we're not doing this series because we want you just to leave this place and go ask every stranger in Northwest Arkansas to church. Like, I don't, I don't think it's nothing wrong with obviously just going out and blitzing and, and asking people, but I believe that God is intentional and the lives that we live are intentional. The places where he has us is intentional. And I believe that the people that he has like in our sphere of influence are there for a reason. And so as we're going out, I believe this series is all compiled together to put us in a situation where we have awareness and where we have courage to reach out to someone and invite them to a step with God and invite them to church. We made these um, cards that I want to kind of show you guys real quick. And if you're anything like me, especially back when um, I wasn't as smooth, <laughs> like sometimes starting a conversation can be hard. And so we made these cards and basically they are a church invite. Um, and it just has like on the front, it has a picture of our church so people can know what that looks like. And on the back, it has the reasons why we exist. The same thing that is on the wall in the foyer. Um, it has our address and then you open it up um, and it tells just a little bit about our weekend services, how to find us on online, the app and all the good deal there. Um, but then we also included a Easter invite and this talks about Sunday services and this talks about the outreach as well. But I think that this is such a good resource because sometimes you just need a way to start a conversation. Sometimes you just, you need something that can be able to say like, hey, like, I know I don't know you, but my name is Steven and I just wanna invite you to church. Like I noticed this about you and here are our service times. This is where we're located. And it's very simple. I think sometimes we overcomplicate it, but like God is simple. He says, he says, come as you are. He wants us to just reach as people just, just where they are. And we, really, we leave the results to God after we do what we know what to do. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.